this with some like Delta Eight <sighs> water that we got the other night. Air and I did, yeah, yeah, I did it in our um, hotel room, and I was trying to be quiet because Jimmy was sleeping. <laughs> And I just got it all in my eyes. <laughs> so fun fact is that weed water burns if you get it in your eyes. This is actually pretty good. This is the first time I've ever had one of these. They're good, dude. Celsius sparkling wild berry. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like good. it's like the healthy man's Red Bull. Oh, it is? Yeah. Supposedly. Oh, that's good. Because yeah. I'm like half I told him keto. you guys wanted Celsius, and he was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. I had to look it up. It's like becoming a thing, though. I used to only see it like... <laughs> At Planet Fitnesses and stuff, but now they've got them at Casey's and all the. This gas was stations. come and go, and they had like twenty different. I mean, they yeah. had a whole section. I was like, "How do I miss this?" Yeah, because I'm just walking in, grabbing C fours, and just Dude. bouncing. Yeah, I feel you on that. I mean, they don't do anything for me. Like caffeine <laughs> no. doesn't do anything to me anymore. After when I was in college, I like lived off of Red Bull, of course, and then like I, that stopped working. So then I graduated to these. Uh, Red line energy drinks. Oh, and you're only supposed to drink half, half of those. and you drink the whole one. I'm just down the whole fucking God, thing, dude. dude. And I did that for like three years, and so now nothing works. Nothing works, dude. Nothing I can have all. those C4s are like 300 milligrams. I can drink six at a day, and I'll just go to take a nap. Yeah, it's like, dude, I'm it's bad, it's crazy. My heart, my poor heart. <laughs> Use like black coffee used to still work for me, but now that doesn't even work. So I've graduated to sunflower seeds. Yeah, no caffeine, but like it. Gives me something, something to, do to do while I drive. That's right. And then, like, you'll bite down on one and it just stabs your mouth. So, it, like, wakes you back up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like yeah. wearing, like, a, a shock collar. Like uh-huh. a dog. So, if you're, like, dozing off, you're just My favorite thing on long seat. drives is having to pee because it just keeps you awake. The Dude, whole I will purposefully, true. I'll be like, it's only 60 miles, man. Yeah. Just 60 <laughs> miles, just cram it in there. Yeah. And I'll do that too, past gas stations, so that I have to pull over, like, on the road. Right. So I can just like get fresh air and like get scared by semi trucks. Yeah. That drive by. You got you gotta find like little wild animal noises in the distance. Yeah. <laughs> Especially dude. on some back road in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> You're just scurrying around. Ah. You gotta find like little tricks. Cause like the caffeine thing just stops working eventually. It really does. And it makes you wonder why are we paying three dollars a piece for these when they just do nothing? Well, that's the other thing I realized the other day that I don't I'm not like a big coffee guy, but I'll get cold brew at Starbucks. And then they tell me the other day that cold brew is just water with this like There's coffee no... concentrate stuff in it that you can buy a jug of this big at Walmart <laughs> for a dollar. Like three dollars. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, so I'm paying five dollars uh-huh. for a cup of water. Yeah. I felt so cheated. Dude, dude. Co- on the coffee, my wife's a habitual coffee person. She yeah. just recently switched to decaf. Uh-huh. And I was like, first, I don't, you know, I, I get it. Like, but. The K cups. She wants to K, you know, the yeah. cups. Oh, yeah. I spent like $45. Yeah. And I'm like, you do know this bag is like eight bucks, makes the same amount, correct? Exactly. You know, I'm like, God, yeah. that's how they get you. Dude, <laughs> it's all a trend, man. It's like, all trend. It used to just be clothes and shoes, and now it's coffee and everything else. Dude, it's every everything's got another thing. And when you go to the store, there's like, well, hmm. And there's just option and options and options and yeah. options. And you don't know. It's overwhelming. Yeah. I want to go back. That's why you just go with great value brand, dude. That's right. It's all the same shit. It's made on the same conveyor belt, yep. packaged the same place. It's just a different, different name. Different name. Yeah. God. Why? <laughs> I went to like business school and like they told me all that. And I'm like, I hate everything. They're just look at yeah. you in the face and go, everything you know is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Thanks. Thanks, college degree. <laughs> yeah. All that money down the drain so that I could learn how to cheat on tests and how to plagiarize without getting caught and learned that lays are the same thing as great value. Chips. All to just end up being a rock star. 
Dude. Yeah. yeah. Now I just like sweat my ass off in vans in Texas. There you go. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> in Texas, mostly. Yeah. yeah. A lot of Texas recently. <clears throat> so first off, congratulations on the new album. Thanks, dude. It's a ripper, of course. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it was a... F- I'll say it was fun to make, but it, it wasn't. Sometimes they're not. Yeah, I mean, the writing process wasn't necessarily fun because it was like the whole process of creating it was so like reactionary to like what's going on in the world, what's going mm-hmm. on in like the small camp that like I reside inside of, like with me personally, with what's happening with my friends over here. And so all of it was like just purely outlet. Right. You know, and it wasn't, I never sat down at like, in my studio with like, man, I can't wait to play a riff today. It was right. always like, fuck, I have to like, like do something about this situation. And this is the only way I know how to right. do it is the to outlets. create this thing. Yeah. You know? And oh, like, obviously it brought, there was fun elements to it. Cause it's always fun getting to jam with your friends and like always in like with, whether it's a painting or anything, like when you finish it, even if it's a rough demo and you listen to it front to back, you're like, okay, sick. That was worth the day that I spent creating sure. or whatever. Yeah. But it was it was a long time. Was a lot of it through the pandemic the pandemic and all that? Most of it yeah. was through the pandemic. There was some songs um that like roughly started in twenty nineteen. Oh, okay. Um like there's a song called Penny Margs that I wrote the like clean main riff when we were on tour <clears throat> with In Flames in Europe. That was like my sound check riff I would do. Oh. And then actually the night that we stayed at your old place, Kurt. The, we have a song called Sleep Explosion, and I showed Corey that rough demo the night we stayed at Kurt's place when we did a house show tour. And Corey, like, freaked out over it that night and just listened to it in the van all night. And I was surprised that one actually made it through the process because we ended up with, like, 40 songs. Because we just were writing so much. Oh, sure, because it's like you got to do, to really. Do, and, yeah. like, we just pump out songs, like, really quickly. Yeah, yeah. And so somehow that one made it through the gauntlet of, It you made know, the final cut. It did, yeah. Wicked. Yeah. And you were writing that... Was it, would that even be pre All Hail? Uh, it was like right after All Hail. Oh, okay. Like All Hail came out and we were already writing. Writing, again. yeah, yeah. That's kind of we don't ever really stop, stop because like we we haven't made it happen yet, but we always want to just do like a cool EP that's like not like a concept EP or album lyrically, but more of kinda like kind of like the zombie EP was a concept thing. Yeah, yeah, but do it more of like sonically, like do an EP that's like all really ambient long oh. songs or do something that's all short fast songs over here so and like, that's something the Ormogen could easily do because they have albums that reflect both exactly. natures yeah like kind of like thrice's thing where they did like the three different albums was it three or four different albums it was like earth yeah. wind sun fire yeah those yeah. that that kind of thing like or even just like now the the way that bands are operating is just releasing singles, singles. a lot too so we, like we went forward and then all the way back to the 1950s where it's I just know. like it's just a single yeah I like kind of back it and I also kind of hate it. But like, I don't know that I never trust any of my own stuff until yeah. I've heard it all together. So it's like I'd have to make the album anyway to find out Dude. what the single is. Yeah. Over write a single song and believe in it so much that the next thing won't be 10 times better. That, I feel you on that. Dude. Yeah. Because when I'm writing stuff, for, at least for like Norma Jean, it's always like big picture. Right. So if this song over here does this thing, it's because I'm trying to like fill that spot on a 12 song on record. a grander thing yeah yeah now like there's some songs where i try to <sighs> encapsulate like everything that we can do in one song sure. but then that song ends up being six minutes long and it's no <laughs> longer like a single yeah you know yeah no one's listening to a six minute long song unless no. they're 
push and play on the start of the record and just yeah. going through it. Yeah, and so it's a it's a weird balance thing, and it's also like comes with the territory of growing as a songwriter and realizing how to accomplish more with mm. less and less time. And y'all, I'm sure y'all self-produced the last two, right? The last yeah, two records. So Jeremy uh, Griffith, he was like our producer, but he a lot of it was also Corey's brother Matt. He mm-hmm. was a huge part of it because we did a lot of recording in Matt's studio back in Fort Smith also. Right. And then, you know, some of it was done in Corey's garage where we would practice at. Some of it was done in my bedroom that I'm just using GarageBand with. So, nice. like, there's parts on the record that are from, like, four different studios. Right, you know? right. And, but Jeremy Griffith was, like, he was an awesome dude to collaborate with and help produce the record because the songs were pretty much done. <coughs> but he's, like a total psychopath with all the like analog synthesizer stuff. Like, you know, uh-huh. the walls with all the, Oh yeah. He's like, has all that shit. That's awesome. And so that's something that I will never in a million years know how to do oh, no, 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 no. or care to try to learn. And same with all the other dudes in the band. So like he added a lot of really cool layers and like textures using that stuff. He brought like a little, it was probably like about this big and it had maybe like 10 of those little synthesizers in it. Right. Just, you know, going mad scientist mode on it, adding stuff in here and there. Love that. He's also a cool guitar player, and, like, with my playing a lot, I will put, like, an ambient pad under a riff or something like that to make it, you know, have body to it. Right, right. But it's always been more, like, single notes, tremolo-picked, like, really washed out. And I learned tricks from him that, you know, instead of just doing that, find, like, a chord and, like, alternate through three notes of a chord and oh. do use it for the same purpose, but like right. not just doing single notes here and there. So he, he taught me a lot. He put a lot of cool That's stuff cool. on the record and it's very cool. Yeah. He was, he was really sick. And the coolest thing about him was like, there was no rules, you know, like ah. everything we did, it was like, I don't know if this is going to be cool or if it's not, but it doesn't matter. Like do it. I'm going to record it and then we'll have it. Right. We'll decide if it's cool afterwards. The axing process. Yeah. Yeah. There were some songs that ended up with like, over 200 tracks oh my you know? god <laughs> like most of them ended up with over 200 tracks on them what because like part of that is the way we tracked guitars was you know we had like a room mic we sure. also had mic straight on the the amp but we were also double tracking at the same time with like most of the tone i used on a record on the record was this one amp but we also were running this like kind of shitty combo amp mm. on the side mm-hmm. that had more it wasn't as hot but it had more like clang, clang right. to it and clarity. Right. So like we would mix those together mm-hmm. and doing a lot of stuff like that. So that alone is like four mics <coughs> running. I do that when I do octaves. I'll record them clean. Yeah. And then layer them up so just they peek out a little more. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's doing stuff like that. That adds up. So that's one take is four tracks. Right. And if I'm quad tracking most of all the rhythms and like that's sixteen tracks. Right. Two there. guitars. Pl- yeah. Okay. All right. So that it adds up yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. You know, vocals probably doing melodies for everyone and all that together. Yeah, okay, There's that a makes lot. more sense. Yeah. yeah, we do these things called like beefy guys on vocals, and it's like any really hard hitting moments, we'll put like an extra two or three under it. Oh yeah, just to hit harder and yeah, we just did that on our record. Every vocal has a second and third yeah. layer. Yeah, and we went like Beach Boys mode on a couple of parts. Like <laughs> Corey would do like a five part harmony here, and it's just like crazy shit that you don't expect to hear from like a metal band. A metal band, yeah. yeah. It was cool. It worked out well. Yeah, influences leaking through. You Dude, know? I mean, he listened to a lot of the Beach Boys during that whole process. For so, real? Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. That's a cool band. Like I'd never Dude, really I love liked the Beach them. Boys. 
but I get it. Like, there's cool stuff to it. There, like, that band was huge for a reason. Right. Even if I don't see it, you know. I think that's true with probably all of it, right? It's like, yeah, not my speed, but I mean, the dude just sold 20 million records, so exactly. There's something there. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried to be a lot better about that. Like, even if I don't just enjoy listening to something, like. If I'm being forced to listen to it, I'm gonna try and pick out something, right? To like find some kind of influence in or inspiration from, and there's always gonna be something there, you know. Sometimes <laughs> sure. you're learning what not to do. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. Or sometimes you're just picking up on like, well, the mix is good. You yeah. know, you'll go down to like that engineer brain and just be like, well, it is everything's sitting right where it's supposed to be. The wood blocks a tad loud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, that's the yeah. one thing about being in it so long now is like my brain just starts tearing apart every single aspect instead of just enjoying myself like yeah. I should be. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get away from that. Like I was in the gym last night and popped on the newest Under Oath record. Yeah. And I was like, this could have been a touch more mastered, I think. Yeah. Like, I I think I get what they were trying to do because like we were just on tour with Aaron like, right. last week. Right. And then when we were doing our new record, Tim was in the studio with us a lot. Because awesome. we were on the same block as his coffee shop. Yeah. And I think, like, they went so one way with Erase Me. And that, you know, <laughs> trying that to come they back. were trying to, like, they maybe, like, overcorrected a little bit. But also, I like that. Like, that's yeah. the kind of sounds that I like on a record. And at the end of the day, like, I just respect them, like, doing it all themselves. Because that was, like, yes. totally in-house. So they, For, like, like, the first time ever, too. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like... You know, it's obviously not like the radio rock record like they did before, but the fact that they were just like, this is what we want to fucking do. Yeah. Like, who knows if we've got our own cabin fever with it or whatnot. Like, <laughs> there's just, I have a lot of respect for that part mm-hmm. of it. That's sometimes where the producer is kind of like a good person to come in. Like, we would send our, we don't have a producer, but we're mm-hmm. just, send, you know, send it to a couple friends, get some feedback. Like, yeah. You know, like your music buddies <laughs> yeah. to kind of, yeah, okay, you're right. Like, mm-hmm. I like it, but you're right, it's off. Yeah. You know? But it's not, I love the record, sonically, it's awesome, mm-hmm. which always going to be, I mean, these guys are talented as can be, but uh, it's just like, I'm listening to it, and I'm, I can still hear, like, you know, mm-hmm. the workout machines and stuff, and it's yeah. just like, it's just, I've, and then my volume's all the way up. Like, that's I'm either going deaf, or this thing's just a little lower than normal. Yeah, that's always the weird part, too, with, like, mastering, especially. Like, there's some records that I'll listen to from a band, that's like their newer record. Right. And then like I'll be doing whatever listening to it and I, I get adjusted to that volume or that production quality, mm-hmm. the fullness. And then I'll, they're like the one before that will come on and it just blows it out of the water. And I'm like, what happened here? What was the yeah. difference? Did y'all not reference your last one? <laughs> uh, There's some hardcore band I was listening to recently that was like that. And it was the second to last record was just kicking my ass. And then the new one would come on it's like I can hear my footsteps over this. Yeah, it's you know? weird. I, maybe it is all the my, my my brain immediately went to maybe it is all the self production mm. because everyone's going to it. Yeah, I mean that is at the end of the day going to be. It's just going to be here's the tracks in an email to the mastering guy. Yeah, and he's just doing his best to hear your vision and do what he's supposed to do. Yeah, and then you just get it back, and that's kind of it. True. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, everybody I think on a long enough timeline soon is going to be the same. Yeah, you know the Foo Fighters will just sit in a room and record a record the same as Norma Jean, the same as My Hands to War. You know? Yeah, exactly. The different levels will all kind of be right here when it comes to recording. Yeah, that's something I I want to like try and break away from too. Like when you have the chance, like because there is almost like a standard now right. of what production quality sounds like, and it's like we could make a record in this room that sounds just as good as like Adele. 
Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. And but it's it sounds just as good from like this very linear like Sonic. standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so that's where especially on like the new record, there's lots of times where I tried to make it like intentionally shitty. Mm. Like when I'm quad tracking stuff or if I'm just double tracking stuff and I know that this riff has a bend in it, I'm intentionally going to play the first take this way, bend it like a full half step right. or something. And then on the next one, I'm going to bend it like three quarters of a half step or ah, something. It's like, just a little off. Yeah. And like yeah. I try to do that like pretty much all over the place to make it sound like two dudes playing. See, I love but that. But still like be right. tight because it's still with myself and like right. I have control over where the lines cross. Right. If that makes sense. No, I do. So yeah. like I, that's why I love recordings that are super like one mic in a room sounding, mm. even though no one really does it that way. But if it comes across that way, right. like all of Kurt Ballou's recordings. Yeah. I love his shit. Dude. Yeah. His records are awesome. Very dynamic, very in your face. Yeah. That old, it still has that grit. It does. It doesn't have that over polished essence to it. Yeah. The drum sounds so sick on him. The guitars are cool because like, I think the way that he does it is like he doesn't just get a badass guitar tone that stands good on its own. Right. Like I think what he does is he does really mid-heavy guitars that maybe sound kind of shitty on their own, but in context of everything, they rule. So he views everything as pieces rather than trying to get each piece perfect on its own and then right. combine it all, you know? Yeah, I know. It's like I love that dude's stuff because it – it sounds like him. Right. Every record that comes out of there sounds... Very much a Kurt Ballou record. It's yeah. got character. <coughs> There's a band out of... Um, I think they're out of Oklahoma City. They're called Chat Pile, and they're awesome. Okay. Jimmy hates it. Everyone in the band hated it. I played Chat the whole Pile. record the other day, and it was it's like so gross, and the <laughs> vocals are so weird. It just sounds like... Like Kurt talking in a microphone the whole time. Oh, it's a much. talk thing. It's like a lot of talking, but then like random screaming. It's chaotic, but like doomy. Sounds like the rim, like that early two thousands uh, poet. <laughs> yeah. Metal. Yeah, it's like stuff like that, but like you're crazy. Like oh. you're not being artistic. You're being crazy. You're being crazy. Yeah. Are you calling me crazy? Like a little bit. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that record's sick, and it, it accomplishes like this that thing. It sounds super like. Pure just noise and grit and yeah, it just sounds real. Yeah, you know that's like that. that's what like I look for now when I'm finding records. It's like I want to if I'm hearing this song and like the guitar break is happening, I want to feel like I can picture that cab sitting in an ISO booth mm. and the mic and like know that that was a specific moment in time captured right there. Right, I love that. There's a yeah. there's a band called White Reaper. Um, they're kind of like 70s rock type shit. Okay. It's like Kiss, but better. And they're <laughs> like current. But whenever I listen to that record or that band, all the guitars just, I'm always like, man, that's like a moment in time right there. I love that. And like that's what was captured. They may yes. have done it five or six different times, but that one time is what's here right now. <coughs> yeah. I love that type of thing. Uh, yeah. That makes me smile. I love that too. Yeah. I love, I love. I've actually been, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday about this. I've just been stuck on classic rock because mm -hmm. just the way they made those records mm -hmm. is so pure in its essence because it was just four microphones. Like John Bonham on Led Zeppelin, that's four microphones for that whole drum set. Yeah. Dude. That's nutty. I know. It's and crazy. it still sounds like that. But yeah. you're just capturing the pureness. It's all room tone. It's just mm -hmm. like what you would walk into your friend's house and hear them jamming and that's yep. what it is they're just really high-end jam sessions they are and like there's just no need for perfection 
which was my favorite thing. Like the guitar solo on, um, I think it's Communication Breakdown. I'm pretty sure that's the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just bad. Yeah. Like, there's just like wrong notes all over the place. He's like flubbing notes here and there. But I remember the first time I heard that song and that solo kicked in, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, this is the wildest shit to think about. Some dude just standing in a room, just going loose. And he didn't even bother to like get it perfect. He's like, no, that's cool. Yeah. I'm going to roll with that. I'm going to let that exist now for forever yeah. in me being in the biggest band of all time. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and you're going to try to replicate that, too, every night and see how bad you can actually do it, like, yeah. on purpose. Yeah. Wicked idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just love that idea and that approach to music. And I lean into it more and more now because everybody else is leaning away from it. Right. Well, I love that on purpose. Like, it, mm-hmm. yeah, I get what you're saying. Because we did that in a song I wrote where we, we called it the anti-solo. Like, mm. it was a solo, but yeah. it was not a solo. It was like Carrie King solo. And it was just... trash. Yeah, it was just yeah. like, you know, you hit those two, like this E-A-D-G-B, the B and the E, and you're just kind of pinching the two together and, yeah. like, just moving forward and backwards. It had the same, the only thing that was consistent was the right hand. Yeah. So the right hand picked the same amount of times every time, but the mm. notes changed here, there, whatever. Yeah. You might be a single note because you just picked it wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and it was one of my favorite parts in the whole set. You know, you play in thirty minutes, and it's yeah. just like that moment. It's just like, yeah, and I'll pretend to shred. Yeah, you know, for like, sure. <laughs> that's the cool stuff, though, dude. Because like when you have that on record, that's like what I was saying. It's like that's a one-time thing right. that's captured because you're probably never gonna play it the same way again. If you could, you know, if yeah. you sat there and painstakingly, you Relearned know, it. beat it into your head, yeah, the mess ups and all the things, but then it almost becomes too perfect after that, right? Exactly. Yeah, there's <sighs> got to be a level of like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, to it. that's like the first r- song on um, Death Rattle. It's called 1994, mm-hmm. and we like tracked that one live in the studio, me and our drummer Matt. But we'd never like really played the song together. We had like just made a demo kind of before right. we went into the studio, and then we just played the song twice once we were in the studio and like, we didn't really know what was going to happen. So we just like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Come in whenever you think you're supposed to come in. And there's like this really long break where it's just like chugging with nothing for like an ignorant amount of time. <laughs> and there's like video of us recording it and you can see me like give them the nod, like, all right, whenever you're ready, like come <laughs> back in now. And that's what's on the record. You know, it'll never be played that way. That's awesome. Specifically. Right. You know? And like I, I layered it and doubled it with like sitting in the the control room playing along, but still like the core of that song is just hundred percent in the room together, figuring it out on the spot. Right. Yeah. And you said you were in Florida when you made the whole record. Finally, as like a cohesive. Yeah. So we went to Tampa, um, and we were there for like ten or twelve days, and so we knocked out all the drums like 90% of the guitars and like 90% of the bass pretty much in those 12 days in those so it was a lot that's a lot yeah we like that, banged out the drums and then I was just sitting in a chair for like 15 hours a day like <sighs> just blasting through stuff because like we had our gear there we had all the pedals and stuff and like I wanted to get the bulk of everything done I knew we could still get some small stuff done once we left right in our home studios and stuff but also, like, you want to be in the vibe when you're creating, like, the meat of it. Absolutely. You yeah. know? And it was a cool spot, too, because it was, like, kind of dirty. And, like, the the guy that runs it, Ryan, he's still, like, working on it. He's pretty, like, recently came into this place. Oh, okay. And it used to be a Morbid Angels practice spot. 
So like Wicked. he was showing us like these before and after pictures, and this place was like trash, trash, dude. Like just hoarderville, this dirty Cigarette shit everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, and so he's really done a lot with, and it's awesome. But it still has that like vibe to it a little bit, which was perfect for the record because it was like a dirty record. I mean, all the best studios really. Yeah. Were like the best records ever made, and you look at those old photos, and you're like, "Good God!" Yeah, dude. I mean, like Glow in the Dark Studio, like that. Everything I've heard about that studio was like all the power was shoddy. Like <laughs> it was just gonna blow your shit up at any given time. <laughs> when we did All Hail um, at Graphic Nature, you know, like that was a great studio, but it's the same concept. Like the kitchen, there's like rats running around right. in it and stuff, and like you're waking up if you sleep in the bunk room over a like mattress store that's below which <laughs> definitely not what that place is I like mattress store. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and you're just like waking up to hearing these jersey guys yelling about money underneath you it's like <laughs> but that stuff like if you're too cushy like you're gonna get too comfortable and you're not gonna feel like you're gonna like be distracted right with like comfort comfort and like what you can go do outside mm. of that and it's almost like when you wait too long too you know how when you can have a record too long in your hands oh, yeah. and you start you know, that second part there, yeah. that I could do something with that. And you start doing all that weird things yeah. and it's not the the original intent. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely, I almost <coughs> got to that point with this record because it was done. And then we just sat on it for so long, like doing the mixing and the mastering and waiting for like whenever the rollout was really going to start. Because right. you have to like stagger it with the other bands on your label because they don't oh. want to push like two records that are dropping at the exact same time. Right. And I don't even think about things like that. Yeah. So it's like usually like us and like Fit for a King and Silent Planet are like somewhat on the same cycle. So right. we kind of have to like work around each other's release dates a little bit with that yeah, stuff. You definitely don't want them close to each other. No. And then you've got to, what, what, I'm sure there's all kinds of stupid logistics like, well, vinyl's out a year and this or that or six months or yeah. how long. We still don't have vinyl. Yeah. We're supposed to get it next month. I th it's supposed to start shipping next month. But the we'll Furnace Fest page just posted that the, the, the what was the first Norma Jean record? What was it? Bless the Bless Martyr? Bless the Martyr, yeah. Just now shipping one year later. Yeah. From it's two crazy. weeks from now. I know, dude. So, like, it's a year Friday or whatever. Or yeah. in this week, and it's been a whole year since they pressed that, and it's just now getting available. Yeah, it's wild, wild dude. It's it's just because there's no pressing like factories. Well, there's or whatever like three in the them. world. Yeah, and you think everyone's making them? You go to yeah. Walmart, Target, everywhere. There's you know, and mm -hmm. you're gonna Norma Jean puts in an order for say five thousand. Mm -hmm. Well, Adele just put one in for a million. So exactly, Adele's gonna get that million before you get that five thousand. Yeah. Sorry, player. It's funny too because usually in industries like that, you know, the people like having as much control over it as they can have. But right. I think the vinyl industry is almost like, no, please, more people start <laughs> doing this. I saw oh. a video of like Jack White because he runs one of them. Yes, he does. And he so was does Metallica. Like, Do they really? Mm -hmm, Lars. I didn't know that. Over there in, was it Denmark? Wherever he's from. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw a video of Jack White being like, y'all need to start doing this, <laughs> basically. Well, they all went kaput. Yeah. Vinyl was gone, completely yeah. gone, literally didn't exist. And then all of a sudden, and now it just is where the money's at. It's crazy, dude. Crazy. And I mean, I'm like part of the problem because like I collect so many vinyls and I it's don't insane. listen to them near as much as I should. But I'm like, one day... One day when I have this like $10,000 record player, I'm going to listen to all of these all the time. And, and you won't. No. It'll just look cooler. Yeah, because instead of <laughs> buying a $10,000 record player, I'm just going to keep buying more guitars and amps. And listen, yeah. 
so I haven't seen y'all in so long, man. I'm I know. Just, it's, it's fun to be in the room with you guys again. Thanks for doing this. I just want to say yeah. that first. I was just thinking about the last time we actually got to hang out. And tell me if I'm wrong, but was it at that weird church Dude, building. Do you remember that? I was thinking about that last night. Yeah. The the I think we came as Shimfo and yeah. the hiding place. And I wasn't even in Harvester yet. No, that was like Cape Fear and Harvester and Shimfo. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, what a time! How, how long was that? Like twelve? <laughs> was that like twelve years ago? Yeah, I think it was like ten or eleven because yeah, I was probably sixteen. I was gonna say y'all were literal children. Yeah, yeah. I was like sixteen or seventeen, I think. But yeah, Dude, I remember that show very well. Yeah. I just was thinking about that all day today. I was like, I haven't seen them in, I mean, aside from like at shows, but that doesn't really count. Yeah. But like got to sit down and just shoot the shit for so long. I know, dude. And your, y'all's journey has been so wild since then. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like me and me and Jimmy have pretty much been like a fucking package deal <laughs> a lot throughout this whole thing. And like our paths like split off here and there, but it's always like, where are you going to be at? All right, I'll be there then. Right. And aren't you, well, you're, I know you're leaving to go do something cool soon, like tonight. Tomorrow, tomorrow 5 a.m. Yeah. Tomorrow, 5 a.m., hopping on an airplane to go do rock star shit. Yeah. And then you're in another band now, right? Yeah, so I play in Great American Ghost also. And so we, like, we play Furnace Fest Friday with Norma Jean, and then I fly out the next morning to Germany oh my to go God. like finish a tour over there. Whoa. So I'm just like... We've both been, like, hopping all over the place. The last leg of the Norma Jean tour that was last month, I flew in from... Was that Labeled Fest? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, like, a two-part thing. Um, we just finished the last part of it. Right. But, like, I was on a gag tour, and I had to fly from the last day of that to finish Labeled Fest leg two. Oh. So it was just, like, jumping from one to the other, and now vice versa, and... So you haven't, have you been home in months? <clears throat> I've been home for like really short periods of time. Right. Just yeah. little stints enough to pack a bag and go back. Pretty much. Yeah. I've, it's <laughs> definitely like the busiest I've ever been. And it's, it's hard trying to like balance both and like flip mm. flop them. Cause like somebody's losing somewhere. Right. You know, like if they have to get a fill in or if like gag right now on their tour, they're having to like, you know, have like my parts backtracked over here. So it's just like somebody's losing and like I'm the catalyst to somebody's a day not being as sick and that is a bummer. But like I'm doing my best here. Right, right. <laughs> you well, you're, yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, you're stretching it real thin. I'm trying and my wife loves it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're married too. I am married. Well, that's yeah. good. Four years. Awesome. Feels crazy to say that. Right? Yeah, yeah I'm on yeah. 14. Damn, dude. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's weird. Time flies, man. After, like, marriage, and I can't even imagine kids. Like, my friends have kids. Yeah. And I'm just like, God, what does life even seem like? I know. I, that just is not even, like, in my realm of, like, things I could possibly Mm-mm. handle. Mm-mm. You know? Now, are you transporting all your gear, too, between these two bands? Or you got a separate set for the other? So, like, my NJ gear is, like, right now I'm running, like, a Mesa 412 with a 212 uh-huh. and a big fucking road case. Yep. So it's, like... That thing is hard enough pounds. just to get out of the trailer, so yep. I'm I'm not taking it anywhere. But with Gag, uh, our other guitar player Nico, he's like a huge gear nerd too, and so it's all like rack based. Okay. But it's still like it's a VHT power amp into like an Angle 530 preamp. Okay. So it's all still like for the most we're basically just building our own amp over there, but right. it's like flyable. Because it's in like a the road SKB cases. thing, yeah, yeah. No cabinets, just straight we have cabs, ahead. but we just you rent them over there. Oh, fair, yeah. And Probably then we way have cheaper. our own here, yeah. And I think the tour that 
I'm meeting up with them on mo- probably most of the tours, just sharing backline anyways. Because mm. the last time we were over there with Fit for an Autopsy a couple months ago, we had like three sets of backline, and that shit does not fit in that trailer. <laughs> so we like were hitting up the backline company to be like, yo, we got to drop some of this shit back off. Because we were like had guitars and amps in the like lot in the like, in like the hangout area of the bus that we were on over there. It was just like bus fancy. I mean, it's fancy, but over there it's just cause like we can't drive on the left side of the road. You know? So there's like, you put four bands in a bus together. Yeah. It's just like summer camp on wheels. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. But yeah, it's, you gotta do a lot more gear sharing over there. And like last time I was over there too, I just was having the worst luck. I day one, we show up, I get my pedal board out and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to check to make sure it's all like still hooked up. Make sure all the lights come on. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I know better than to like play a show with my board plugged in using like the shitty little plastic converters. Mm -hmm. But I was like, all right, I can just like check this real quick. Make sure the lights come on. I pop that thing in there and it's just, (gasps) my board just like fries. No. Luckily my power supply had like a safety in it or whatever. So it fried the power supply? fried the power supply, which was like a brand new one I just bought. And I was left with like, what the fuck am I going to do? 250's a lot better than that 2000, though. Yeah, because I had a lot of stuff on that board that was like, I can't play without it, you know? And uh, so I was able for that show, we were in Berlin, I think, and I was able to get like it daisy-chained together with somebody's one spot or something. Oh, my Lord. I think we had one more... UK show before we went back over to mainland. So then I had like a buddy that was in mainland get me um, like a new power supply setup that I could go pick up when I got there. Right. But all that happened the first day. Then I pull my guitar out of my case for the first time, and it's like a big flying V. And the long horn right here is just cracked as hell. Oh man. That, that like, I don't know how it happened, but it got dropped or something. So then I had to like gap tape <laughs> I was that say, together. I know how it happened. You yeah. know the airport dudes are Well, just I'd already <laughs> lost it once. Like we got, we landed in Amsterdam and everybody's gear came out and it was fine. And then like mine just never showed up. And I was like, fuck dude. Of course. Like this is a great way to start. And like an hour later, it just comes out on the oversized luggage. I don't know what had been doing back there, but it was just hanging out. Bumping around. Probably fell off the conveyor belt and Dude, no one noticed it. Probably. So I was like, I had all that. Guitar breaks. Pedal boards fried. Man. And, and then, what was the other part? Oh, yeah. So then, like, I'm running a, a preamp pedal on my board. And right. then I'm me and Nico are sharing a power amp. And uh, we get, like, halfway through the tour, and then my preamp pedal just completely stops working so that's like another like five six hundred dollar piece of gear that literally just stops like i didn't get dropped or anything just i put it on the bus with me every night just stops working so then you know those boss metal zone pedals oh yeah that's became my preamp oh. I started and it sounded awesome really i ran a maxon overdrive into the metal zone and then put that through the VHT power amp and it sounds crazy. That's it's like insane. Cannibal Corpse, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That so that's my rig that I'm using this next time too. Really? Yeah. A metal zone. Dude. Incredible. The Craft, like reissue. Yeah, oh, I was just about to ask, is it the Wazacraft one? It's the Wazacraft one. Okay. Yeah. And like Nico just bought that pedal like a couple days early as a joke. He was like yeah. bored and he just went and bought a metal zone for because he's like, <laughs> just this is, might be cool. And it saved my ass for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. How wild. 
That's you like, can... that's just about overcoming, dude. You know, shit breaks and you got to like make mm. whatever you got work. Plug it straight into the head if you have to, man. Just go with it. Yeah. It's a scary part about overriding when you rely on the pedals and stuff too much. Yeah. And then just blink of an eye. Dude, dude, I know. That's like, I try to, <coughs> however I set my boards up and like with parts or anything like that, I try to always have a backup plan ready. Like a backup patch way? Backup patch, like with my board, I've got a wireless on there that is also my tuner, but it doesn't have an input on it. So you can't like plug directly into the wireless. Interesting. So if the wireless goes out, you don't have a tuner. So then I have like wireless here and then I have a, a separate tuner that's not plugged in right here. But the two times where like my wireless is shit out, I can just pop that patch cable over right there and then I'm good to go. Ah, so see. it's just finding like having those contingency plans right. ready to go. You yeah. know? Mine's always just like pedal boards dead right into the amp. Yeah. Distortion only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. That would work for, for NJ for sure, because we can be dirty. With gag. You can always like, just roll the volume knob back. I do that, like, especially if like it's a smaller stage where like, people are gonna be on it and jumping and shit. Mm. I don't want them like stepping on my channel switcher because yeah. the cable is a seven pin MIDI and those Ooh. like impossible to find and they break really easily. Yeah. So I'll just like take that away and then I'll ride my volume knob all night instead. Right. So if you know it's about to get insane. Yeah. Like usually before we play like whatever encore song it is or, or anything where I know people are going to be like stepping on me, then I just like pick it up, unplug it and put mm-hmm. it on top. On top. Of my there head. you go. Yeah. Smart man. Yeah. Because my first tour that I did with NJ, my cable was, like, really shoddy, and I every day I would have to set it up, and if it moved at all, it just stopped working. <laughs> so I was like, I'm never dealing with this again. Yeah. Some things become such a headache, you'll find the, you'll find the workaround real quick. You will. And it's just, like, it becomes so much more about, like, reliability rather than, like, having Coolability. everything. Yeah. yeah. Like my, the, on that tour, I had so many pedals on my board, and I was like, I'm going to use this for this two second part and it's gonna sound crazy and no one's ever gonna know what happened anyways yep times like 50 yep and now it's like man i have to have a delay fuck all right yep ah it's wild dude you see these other bigger bands and they have these pedal boards and they have like just it's all around them and they're just playing double foot all night as they're dude i love that shit but it's, those dudes have guys to take care of it. That's true. Breaks. And they don't have 30 people coming on stage to stage dive and do yeah. you know, metal stuff. Dude, like that's my dream is to just to be able to nerd out on stage <laughs> and like not worry about it if it breaks. Have that octangular yeah, setup with like the sick. bars that reach the top so you can still just click down here. Yeah, man. I'm all about that, but not in a metalcore band. <laughs> <laughs> or you could do what um, – uh, uh, 68, what's his name? Josh. Josh. Yeah. He routes everything to a multi-pedal now. Yep. So he has his pedal board. You can see it tucked up in there, but everything's routed so he can turn it off and on via yeah. one, one board. Yeah. Vocals and everything. It's pretty cool because like as for as rock and roll and dirty and messed up and everything that that band is, like from a gear standpoint, he's like really methodical about all that. Oh, yeah. Because in 2018, we did a run with them and like Harvester was on it. And Norma Jean was on it. So I was pulling double duty for it. And like for that period of Harvester, we were doing the same thing. Like I had a bass rig that I was running through my guitar and my way of doing it was so sketchy, you (laughs) know, like every day I was like, man, I hope this works. We're about to find out. And Josh would come up and like, check it out. And he'd be like, Oh, you should try this. And Mm -hmm. he'd show me how he did it. I was like, damn, 
Like you actually put thought into this. Oh, dude, you know? we I just started a new band where we're running that same kind of pro. We got the dark glass and the thing, yeah. and the vintage cabs, and yeah, I was scoping photos of his setup, and I was like, yeah. I see this and I see that, and that's probably what we're missing. It ordered yeah, them both. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's kind of the perfect example of how to do that thing. It sounds insane. At least from guitar to bass. Sure. Now I dig the bands like Royal Blood that do the opposite. Where they like go bass to bass, guitar, yeah, kind of Motorhead style, yeah, just tons of gain, crazy sounding. Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> Did you ever get to see Motorhead? No, dude, I dude, wish. I got, yeah. I got like, so lucky. I got you one, got to see. I him? got one time, Damn. and it was awesome. It what, was so what year loud. was it? I don't even know. It was with the Foo Fighters. They oh, opened really? for the Foo Fighters, and I Damn. think I was in. Oh, I know I was in Memphis. Okay, so it wasn't here, but dude, so sick. And so loud, and it was yeah. so mu- so much louder than I thought it would be. Yeah, I've always heard they play like stupid, stupid. loud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to, dude. Like when when you're Lemmy, like there's no <laughs> other option. We only got one option. Yeah, break it. <laughs> That's gotta be one. Of those, like all of my favorite bands and favorite dudes were all dead by the time I like mm. started playing music. You know, I got my first guitar magazine that had Dime on the cover of it, and I was like, "All right, well, I'm gonna base my entire life around trying to be you." Right. And then it's like I get the internet, and it's like, "Oh, he's dead. He's dead." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's tragically. Yeah. yeah. And, well, I guess most of them actually are pretty freaking tragic. Yeah. None of it's good. I'm 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 the guy where I'm old enough to have seen them all and got older, and now they're all just dropping oh, like yeah. flies. I'm just like, oh my god, when's our turn? Yeah, I feel like we're getting right there. We're like the guys I grew up adjacent to. We're all gonna start falling off. Dude, I think <laughs> the one that's gonna be weird, like Ozzy's gonna suck. Obviously, I think when, that one's coming. Dies. It's coming. I mean, he's already moving back to England. I think it's probably like he's yeah. gotta be right on the cusp. But at least like with him, it's like all right, that dude's like been around like as long as like T-Rexes have <laughs> and like it's understandable. It's kind of like with Betty White. It's like we yeah. all yeah. knew it but we were just yeah. like okay finally yeah. you know like but exactly. also his brain's a little melted from all the you know just years of abuse and I would be like man that sucks mm-hmm. but it completely understandable rest easy yeah old friend so i heard that he like there was some scientists and this might be bullshit but i've read this no it's true it's on the internet it's real all right this is real this is 100 percent facts i checked with dr fauci first but he um apparently like some scientists like kind of did some studies on him and the fact that he's like still kicking you know and they like took into account the years of every kind of abuse that you could have on yourself all of it and there's some people like a very 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 minute amount of people that have like neanderthal dna still in them Uh like goes all the way back and he's like potentially one of those people and that's the only reason he's still around is because he's just just got like this the strong badass dna Uh that like can take anything you throw at it because he used to eat rocks yeah you know no no it makes sense yeah i could see that yeah i could see that too dude (laughs) ozzy part neanderthal checks out Especially, like, if he's, since he doesn't, you know, do coke, like, five times a day anymore, it's like, how else are you still standing? You know, right. you've got to just be have, like, something different going on. Him and the uh, Rolling Stones guy. 
Keith Richards. That man is uh, uh, some sort of demon or something, or an angel or something. Well, there's two of them in there. So Keith yeah. Richards looks and like he's dead, but he still is like moving around. And then Mick Jagger's out here like still impregnating people. He just had a baby crazy. in like seventy yeah. something. Yeah, unbelievable. I know. I, I worry for our era of rock star. Like I look at these guys and I'm like, yeah, they did a lot, sorta. Like like they were moving around a bunch, but us with the head banging, CTE is a major concern. Yeah, man. I'm I get so worried about that. I wonder how long. Until people are like, oh my God, all these like 2000s rocker people are just, they're all messed up now. Yeah. Like well, at, at 50. You, this guy's already getting there, dude. <laughs> my back is so shot. Like, for, and it doesn't help either. Like over COVID, I threw it out twice. Once I was like tiling my bathroom. Of course. And I was like up under a cabinet for like five hours straight. And mm. I stood up and it was, something happened. And then I was out for like a month after Of course. That. Then, like, right before I went to Europe last time, I was in the gym, and I was, like, doing leg press, and then, like, something twisted in my back, and, like, all the weight just fell on top of me, and I just had to, like, crawl out of it, and then my back was all fucked up Dude. after that, too. And oh. then I went, you know, I've basically been on tour for, like, three months since then, headbanging every day. All right. Are you still doing those insane reach backs? You know those insane back bends? I do them sometimes, okay. yeah. I, I kind of try to do that more now because it feels better. Feels better. Than always like leaning forward. Mm -hmm. Between like that stance on stage and driving all the time, like I feel like my posture is dog shit now. Yeah. With all the touring and things, I have to wonder, because I'm a bit of an adventurous spirit. Like mm -hmm. I'm always like, I don't want to sit right here for too long. I want to yeah. get out and go. Mm -hmm. I know when you get into something like this, it's like all new and... Kaleidoscope eyes is what yeah. I call it. The world is fresh and new and all exciting. Have you braided it to the point where you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. I'm just going to sit right here until uh, showtime. <laughs> um, yes and no. Yes it kind of no. just depends on the area. Like you can get a pretty quick read when you're pulling up, whether like you're going to want to go adventure or not. Sure. So, and sometimes like you roll up to a venue and you're like, man, there's nothing around here. And you're like, sick. I don't even have the option <laughs> if I wanted to do something. It's like forced rest, you know? Uh. But then there's some spots that are cool. Like, uh, the Nile in Arizona, that's a cool place because it's, like, right on this, like, downtown strip. Oh, and cool. the last time, or second to last time I was there, there was, like, a whole arts festival going on. Hey. So there's, like, stuff like that you'll run into randomly in towns or, like, when we play in Austin usually. Um, yeah, Austin's just crazy always. Yeah, and there's, yeah. like, cool bars by it. Like, there's a good food truck right by it. There's a gas station with tacos right by it. So the more, like, you do your rounds, you kind of figure out what spots give you options to do anything right. and then what days you're going to just sit in the van. <laughs> I have that fear of missing out thing. They Me call too. it FOMO. Dude, so I'm like, the worst. I, I, I just walk around just in case. Same. Because I just don't know. And I, most times though, and I don't know what it is about, maybe the universe is just connected to my chaotic brain, but I yeah. see some wild shit yeah. just about every time. And people are like, yeah. what? Yeah, dude. You know, like I was just in Vegas and in the first 30 seconds, a woman, I see her with the, her, her leg is all off, uh -huh. like sideways. I, I watched, I watched another woman get completely tackled. <laughs> I, I was only there for four hours. I'm yeah. walking down the street. I see a man naked with the cops and the hood of the cop car, for some reason, is just covered in bed sheets. And that's nice. the only story I get. That's the yeah. snapshot I have. Uh -huh. I don't know what happened. I didn't hear what was being said. That's all I get. And I'm like, yeah. man, this place is out of control. <laughs> Dude, those are the fun nights when like, you're just in an area that's just like vibrating chaos. Yeah. It's like, I don't even have to do anything. I can just sit here and people watch, and it's like 
way better than a movie or anything yeah. like that. Oh, better than any movie. I mean, you can't yeah. pay for such good content. We were in Manchester, like New England, oh, okay. a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, and there was a night like that where we kind of all went out, and we like just went to like there's all over there. It's just kebab shops everywhere. There's like really? nothing else but kebab shops. It seems like after a certain point, at least like right. by the time you get loaded out and everything, you got you can't <laughs> the eat hours, anything else. Sure, yeah. But this was like a Friday night, so there was kebab shops and there was lots of bars still open. And we went to this downtown spot and like we just posted up on a corner, and we saw a dude get like a whole plate of like tzatziki fries thrown in his face from down a staircase. <laughs> there was like just like groups of drunk moms walking by that were stumbling and like grabbing one dude's beard over here. Like it's just pure chaos and you don't have to do anything. You just get to soak it up. Just eating a kebab going, man, look at that one over there. Yeah. That's amazing. It's so sick. Like minimal input effort and you get maximum gain from it. (laughs) Makes me happy to know it's happening everywhere. (laughs) The first time I went to Europe, we were in Glasgow. It was like the night before tour started and there was just a all out brawl in the street. Like, I don't know how it started, but we walk outside and there's like construction all over the place too. And so these guys start yelling at each other. And then one of them picks up like a fucking road cone and just starts smashing another (laughs) dude with it. Then like all these people that have nothing to do with it, get involved and everyone just starts congregating and fighting because there's video of it. Yeah. I posted videos of it. Okay. And then like one dude picks up like, They had, like, those metal barricade rails. Mm -hmm. And then one dude picks one of those up to try and throw it at another guy, but he can't throw it because he's too weak. The street cone riots over there in Glasgow. (laughs) It was wild. You just see some dude, like, he's, like, trying to help his buddy just get out. And then another guy comes up and, like, flying kicks him in the head. It was so sick. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, it was wild. (laughs) So what do we got to, what, I guess, can we even say that yet on the thing? Because the Corey being sick, is that something we can talk about? Oh, yeah. We, I mean, so basically what happened with him is we're just – he's trying to get, like, reacclimated to touring, and then also we've been in some, like, wild climate changes yeah. on this run because, like, we went – a couple weeks ago, we were, like, West Coast and everything. Right. And so that was so dry out there. And he's still, like – the days where it's really humid in the venue, you would think like that would fuck you up, but that makes it way easier. Yeah, yeah, on the wetness. Yeah, it's yeah. mm-hmm. so, like we've had some really good days like that, and he's like, "Man, I feel great." Yep. Then in like the past couple of days in Texas, it was just so hot, and like we did an extra show on a day that we were supposed to have off because mm. we did this like surprise pop up show or whatever. Right, and that was sick, but it was outside, and like when your PA's are shit, and like you can't really hear it. yourself, right. then like you just over push yourself, and like. So yeah, he had he's like having some like bronchitis issues right now that he's dealing right. with. But like he's good, you know. Right. But we got Furnace Fest on Friday, so like that's a pretty big deal and we're trying to just like make sure we can yes. fulfill that commitment. Yeah. And especially like we want to play Little Rock so bad, but also we're 2 hours away. So we right. can like make that happen. Right. You know, that's a That's easy. a simple make update. You're like, "Yeah, we'll go for lunch. We'll, we'll have a thing. Eat yeah. some Gus's chicken, play a show, come back. It's fine." Yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. been rescheduled. Yeah, to, to November 29th. Yeah, which is sick because I'll be home for like five days between tour and that. <laughs> from Germany, back from Germany. You're just talking about not enough time and you're just right back at it. Yeah. Is the next, is the other one makeup right next to that one? So it's yeah. like boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that leads into like maybe some other stuff that we'll end up doing, but right. who knows? Who right knows? Now. Yeah. yeah. We just want to make sure and like 
take care of the people that wanted to come see those two dates because right. just canceling shit sucks, especially after two years of it. I don't care how what level you're on. It sucks. It does, dude. I Can't, hate it. Yeah. I think we've only had to cancel like two shows in the like since I've joined this band. In both days, it was such a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even on any kind of level, and it just is like... Out, you know, when it's out of your control, it's out of your control, man. Yeah. Hope people understand, which they mostly but, do. But self care yeah. is very important. Yes. Like, yeah, totally. And like, that dude is like, he does vocally the craziest shit. Right. It's like acrobatics, basically. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know how he does it one time. <laughs> right. So, let alone night he, after night after yeah, night. Like, yeah. Like, that's just <clears throat> insanity anyway so that's like, hard to understand on its own what singers have to do every single because a guitar man it's like oh the string break would we'll just replace it well you break a vocal cord man yeah you, i mean yeah 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 it's literally in your body yeah, he would know the best yeah. yeah he knows very well and then like yeah. on top of that like you know sleep is such a like huge part of being able to recover mm-hmm. and like a lot of these drives have been pretty gnarly ones especially like yesterday yeah, we've been on some legs man yeah, like we drove ten hours yesterday, and like, depending on how you sleep the night before, kind of determines if you're going to be able going. to sleep the next day. Right. And then like, especially coming up out of Texas yesterday, there was so much road work that I drove through. That's oh, like infinite. It's not. It's not like a smooth road where you can sleep. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking. <sighs> and you're in a van, which aren't already great to be in, like suspensionly speaking. Yeah. You're stiffer to hold more weight. And then you got me and Jimmy like up front driving, and we're just blasting like music that everybody else hates. <laughs> just probably, stay away. <laughs> it's Blood Brothers, but sped up like Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. We're up there like fucking blasting. I don't know what, but everybody on the van is just so bummed. Just <laughs> <laughs> Matt's in the back crying a little. Like this is the worst. Yeah, I hate you kids. <laughs> yeah, is this what they're listening to now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, sorry, Matt. Just go back to sleep, dude. Oh, dude, I was a vocalist in a band for a very short stint, and dude, you really get to appreciate what it's like. Cause, like, dude, you, you know, I'm trying to quit smoking right now, but I'd be just ripping heaters just yeah. right pre-show, and then you mm-hmm. go up on stage and you're like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, lesson learned. Or then you'll mm-hmm. go and eat like a, a cheese. Like cheese is terrible dairy. Yeah. Sticks to your vocal cords. You're like, well, I guess I can't eat before shows now either. Yeah. Just a lot of don'ts. There, there's so many, man. Yeah. I've really noticed that a lot. Like <clears throat> when we were, you know, touring with, I mo- ma- ma- holy shit. A lot <laughs> of the bands that I've been touring with, like they're kind of dudes that have been doing it for a minute. Right. So like they know the do's and don'ts. They know what they can or can't do and like when that time crunch is. But also and as you age, those things become different too. It's exactly. Like, like some of the fit for an autopsy guys, like they're, they have to be like really on top of that shit. Like mm-hmm. Joe has to like, he doesn't eat after a certain amount of time or with it within a certain window of when we play and stuff. Right. And um, like Pat's kind of that way too. Like he's very on top of what he eats and when he eats it. And it's important, man. Like, that's the biggest difference that I've had since like coming back out of COVID and getting into touring again is taking way better care mm. physically of like how you treat yourself. Yeah. Because it makes all the difference. Like well, the way the gag tours is we sleep at Planet Fitnesses every night. We all have like the black cards. So smart. a few of us like work out every morning. Yeah. Get to shower there. I was just going to ask if you do the workout on tour thing. Yeah. Basically you have two options, sit and collect weight. Yep. Or get up and just burn it all out. And, yeah. You know. Totally. Yeah. Me and Nico will work out pretty much like seven days a week. That's unless awesome. it's like a way longer drive where we don't get to sleep there that night. 
but for the most part, we get to like work out every day. You get a shower there, so you feel like a normal human being. Yes. You know, even if you're because we still sleep in the van, but even outside of that, like the tour I was just on with them, our AC didn't work, so Ooh. I was just like waking up, gasping for air every day like sweating to death but then like you know you wake up and you're like all right whatever like i still slept like a decent amount of time <laughs> we're in the city we need to be go work out for a little bit go shower brush your teeth do all that and then you feel like rejuvenated right so you do that you feel good like you feel like you look good which makes you feel good up here right so it's weird how working out can actually like boost the day it's crazy you think you'd just be tired all damn day like i, I haven't been in the gym in a long time <laughs> But we went, I was like, all right, new life, new things. We're trying to quit, you know, quit yeah. smoking, all that stuff. And I was like, hit the gym. Dude, literally left. I was like, oh. It's crazy. Miss that. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just like such a mental boost, man. And like when you pair that with like eating better on the road, mm-hmm. like the whole. That's got to be tough, dude. The whole thing about like, oh, I'm in a band, so I got to eat Taco Bell five times a day. Like, fuck that, dude. Right. You know, like that's. Maybe when we were poor teenagers and we could metabolize it easier. Yeah. And save a few bucks. Yeah. Like now yeah. I'm just a poor adult. Yeah. And I just like can't. I'd rather like, have the chicken myself. breast. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> or it's like, even if it's a gas station, like they've got fruit cups there or now things like that. And like. You know, they used to not, though. A lot of that's they from the truckers, you know. They've they've read, you know, a lot of the big gas stations. Now you have real options for decent meals. Yeah. Used to, it was like a bag of beef jerky mm-hmm. and good luck. You yeah. Know? Or some fast food restaurant they stuffed in there, a Subway or something, which yeah. is still terrible. It is, yeah. It's all it's <coughs> all turkey, is what I've been told. It's like all it the meat all, at Subway is it's all just actually all turkey. turkey. <laughs> yeah. It just... They just shape it differently and color Tur- it a little bit differently. Beef, beef seasoned turkey. Yeah. Tuna just, turkey. Just fucking turkey. Ugh. But yeah, like, and that's one thing I've started. Like, I try not to spend money as much as I can on tour because, you know, you don't got any. But right. right. If I'm going to spend money, I'm going to try and do it on food. Right. Like, the one thing that I can give myself is a good meal to feel better yeah. is that. Right. I and feel that. That's so like much. the key to longevity, too, dude. It really is. You can put trash in your body, and you're gonna, you know, it's gonna do a number on you for sure. Yeah, dude, I just, did y'all hear about that thing about Subway bread in Ireland? Did y'all hear about this? Uh, they made yeah. them restructure it because it's got so much sugar in it. It's actually pastry there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By their standards, it's basically Subway bread is the same as cake. So they're that, like, yeah because of the amount of sugar that they have in it to preserve it. Dude, the standards like here compared Are, to over there is wild. Oh, here is dog shit. <laughs> they're like. It's dog food, but a little better. That's yeah, good. you can have it. Yeah, you when you go over there, you kind of <clears throat> realize like, because they don't have just like the junk everywhere, and people look better over there. You know, yeah, like, it's it's crazy, and it's just it's government shit. Well, the like, one that fucked me up the most was somebody told me take a look at a photo of Woodstock. Yeah, yeah, I've you seen won't that see any like off overweight people everyone yep. looks the same it's like they're insanely and they're eating three square meals a day my, my dad was there yeah like and he i have photos of him in my house and i'm just like the dude was an adonis he yeah. was like muscular and all this shit and then i knew this fat f- flappy version <laughs> of him <laughs> he ate dominoes every other night yeah <laughs> it's crazy man like it's it's uh it's all money. And I know like that we're about to get like all kinds like Joe Rogan experience. No, right no, we here. don't have but, to. But like it's all fucking money. <laughs> it is. It all funnels into it. I mean everything's money though. Yeah. I, I have a question we... for you, Grayson. No. Oh well, okay. Oh, all right, fine. go, go. No, I, I'm just curious like like how different it is 
touring here versus like overseas. You know what I mean? Like, is it easier? Oh, I was gonna, yeah. One way or the other, or uh, so overseas is easier, and uh, it's like two parts. So it's easier for one because, like, for the most part, you don't have to drive yourself, and that's kind of like the biggest like daunting part of touring the states because yeah. America is big as fuck. It's yeah. like it's huge. Like when you go, you to really the, don't understand I feel how like big five this hours place overseas, is. like in Europe, and you're like in three country, countries. Three countries. Yeah. That's you know? the thing yeah. is like you, when you're like with a band from over there, and their TM says something like, "All right, guys, like we got a long one tonight. Like everybody, make sure and get food and get rested." And it's like a seven hour drive. You're like, what? We did that this That's morning. Yeah. That's yeah. why I go to work, man. Yeah, so like it's easier in that aspect of like you get chauffeured more. It's okay. so like a lot of the grunt work is taken out of it. Is that is that like a, a a thing where like it's forced on you? Like like well, not forced, but like it's just a standard there. Pretty much, yeah. Like m- for the most part, if you're going over there, like the last time I was over there, and when I'm about to go back, we were I'll be on a bus again because it's like three bands sharing it. It's just easier to keep all these people that don't know what it's like to live over there in one confined space sure. and just make sure everybody's getting where they're supposed to go right, right. at the same time. It's expensive, and like a lot of bands will go into debt because of that. Because of the bus. It's just kind of like the way you have to do it. Yeah. You know, because like it's not as typical to be like van and trailer over there for each individual band. Um, so that's nice. They definitely have like catering is way more of like a standard. Okay. Mm. So like you'll have meat and cheese trays and you'll have like vegetables, like all that stuff. They'll set that stuff out. And the weirder part about that is like, they don't really care about refrigeration over there. So everything's like kind of room temp, but it's fine. And then that's feeds into the other conversation. You realize how much shit is in our food to where like, it has to be like frozen refrigerated. Yeah. 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 And their food just lasts out. Yeah. It's just sitting there all day and it's fine. Well, even their beer is like, everything is room temp. They don't really, like, ice is not a thing. No, it's yeah. not. Iced tea, they'll be like, what? <laughs> yeah, and also water's not a thing. They just, like, give you, like, it's racks and racks of beer. Beer. Dude. Well, that's because it's all poison. That's from the pirates. <laughs> they yeah. Learned, yeah, that's some old world shit where they're like, water kills you. Yeah. And it just never left their DNA. Yeah. And we were like, no, nah, you can just put some tablets in there and it won't kill you anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, like, because with, like, Gag and now NJ, really, like, we don't, really drink a whole lot like every once in a while i'll have one but like neither of us like party bands and so like when we're over there it's like can we just get some bottles of water please and like the answer is no No. sometimes like here's some more beer yeah yeah that's fine (laughs) we have less beer it's still beer but it's just less yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but like to answer your question like that's like the pro of being over there and alongside with that is like especially when you're like an international band coming from a tour or coming in on a tour that has like, like this tour that um, we're about to do over there, or I'm about to go to, it's like Australian bands, US bands, and European bands, I think. Fun. So it's like a pretty like diverse market an, of yeah, bands. And an so like group. that brings in people a lot more and they're just excited over there. What's one of the more like prettier places you've seen? Cause I see, you know, you see pictures of like Finland and Norway and yeah. all these. You know, the Nordic countries and then like Eastern mm-hmm. Europe and it's just like, wow, what in the hell? Yeah. Is it really anything like that or is it just like city, 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 city and you're passing up all the good shit at night? Uh, there's definitely some of that like really nice scenery. Um, when we drove through like Glasgow the first time I went over there, there was some really cool stuff that we drove through but primarily like the best spot that I've been in is like the Netherlands mm-hmm. and like Amsterdam and, and there's a place called Wiesp that we stayed at last time because we had a layover of like 10 days between 
um, we finished up a Euro tour and then we had to go to Australia. So we just like stayed there instead of coming home. But it's just like really pretty. Like there's good food everywhere. The Weisp town that we stayed in was more of like a small town, like retirement community. And so like you could ride, we stayed in this really cool Airbnb that was like on a farm. There was like (laughs) cows every morning when we woke up. It sounds, sounds crazy. Sounds very Amish. Yeah, it was sick. And like they had bicycles that you could just like take and ride them into town. It's like 10 minutes away. You're like, in my country, this is a religion. Yeah. <laughs> just driving yeah. through. <laughs> yeah, over there, it's just called taking care yeah, of yourself. Yeah, it's just normal life. Yeah. yeah. That's so wild, man. It's cool. And then like, but yeah, like Amsterdam's really pretty over there. Um, there's one of my favorite records. Uh, it's by City and Color. It's called Little Hell. And like that album cover, it's like Rose of Color. But those rows of color are these flower fields that oh, are yeah. in. The, it's at the pansies. Is that where they grow pansies? So. Yeah. yeah, I think so. But that's like in uh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's probably my favorite place that I've actually got to like hang out in. Because for the most part, like you're still just in a spot, in for, a spot day. for a day. But um, when we flew over there, we stayed there for two days prior to the tour. And then we had that layover there also. Right. So I got to spend a decent amount of time there just like existing. Right. That's pretty nice. That's pretty yeah. cool. The red light district is wild. Like if you <laughs> actually go at night to like check it out, like all of us, like all of our girlfriends and wives. Yeah. Well, it's fun. Well, you want to see it with your own eyes. Cause you're like, well, we don't have this for sure. Yeah. And it is crazy, dude. It's cause it's, I don't know. It's just chaos. The streets Again. are just chaos. Well, that's what I, I hear about like, Japan at night too. Like it just yeah. becomes a completely different city. Yeah. Oh, like during the day, it's all really structured and yeah. stuff. I mean, even just the videos of Japan, you're like, wow, that's two different things. Yeah. Yeah. It's all businessmen in suits in the day. They're all very, you know, very and uniform. And it literally yeah. looks just like cyberpunk. Yeah, it's just like, wild. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely like the next spot that I, that's really kind of the only spot left that I really want to go to. Dude, I, I have a friend yeah. that lives there and he posts videos and I'm like, I'm just the most jealous that you get to live here. Yeah. It seems crazy. Like all my buddies that have like toured over there, they're always like, that's the sickest place you can go. Yeah. I yeah. believe that. I truly yeah. do. Because, like, everywhere else, and granted, maybe it's kind of like this there. I don't know. But, like, pretty much anywhere else you go, unless you go somewhere that's, like, more exotic or, like... Or isolated. Or isolated. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of all just, like, America. With, there's they a Starbucks. Funny, you know? There's yeah. a... There's yeah. a th- you know, it's all there. Yeah. yeah. But, like, Japan definitely seems... Well, it's, like, like, especially I, for those, like, tourist trap places. Like, oh, well, it's... it's which is where comfortable, so you spend more money. So yeah. it's a very. I can't remember who yeah. I was talking to, but there was a stand-up comedian I was listening to. He said that exactly because he, he was oh he's been doing it a long time. He's an old man. Mm-hmm. He's like the one thing I miss is that everywhere used to be different, and now yeah. I don't even leave the hotel room because yeah. I know when I go outside, there's a Starbucks half a mile down the road. He's like, I don't care if you're here in Australia. It's it's all becoming one thing. So like going somewhere almost makes no sense. It's pretty true. Yeah, <laughs> like the spot that um, I stayed in in Amsterdam, just w- went down out of the lobby, turn a right, and there's just a Starbucks right there. Yeah, see that's wild. It's wild, but like it's kind of nice sometimes because there was also a bunch of like local coffee shops. So you kind of had your choice. It's like, right. do I want something that I know but what we're it creatures is? of habit? And you're yeah. Gonna, you so know. I got me. I'd like force myself to like go try do the, the other, other thing. shit. Yeah. You know, I want to. I want to go to the guy who barely speaks. Maybe not even any English. We're texting on a phone yeah. back and forth, and he's like doing the pour overs and the you know yeah but i get this fancy badge in the starbucks app if i yeah, use no, it in a different yeah, country yeah, exactly that's true Ooh, that's true points. i gotta go back damn 
and that his coffee is two euros and theirs is like seven. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Luckily, like the exchange rate kind of like evens it out. So at least like in Australia, everything seems crazy expensive over there. But when you like convert it, convert it's not it. as bad as you think it right. is. But it still sucks to pay like 10 bucks for Which is this. Weird to be here. And ours is very much one of something is one of saying like $20. But over, you know, somewhere like Japan over some yen. Mm-hmm. And they might be like 20,000. You're like 20,000. And you're yeah. like, wait, that's like 48 cents. You're like, oh, yeah. why not just make it one of something? You yeah. Know? Take that's that 20,000 and uh, just crank it down a little bit. That's what happens when your society's been around for three, 400 years. Yeah. That's how um, <laughs> Russia is too. Oh, their, their money over there, the rubles. The rup- rubles. When I when I went over there, I had to buy like a guitar cable because mine broke. And so we go to some like music shop, and I don't know how much this guitar. I'm like probably twenty five dollars. That's right. what I'm gonna guess this thing is. I buy that. Then like later in the day, they take us to the Red Square, and so like I buy a little like Kremlin statue or whatever. That was, I was like, oh, that's probably like 15 bucks or right, something. It's right. a tourist store. But I should have known better because the, the girl that checked me out, she was like, American? And I was uh, like, uh, yeah. Saw you coming. <laughs> and then like I get back home like a few weeks later and my like bank statement hits and it's like, why did you spend $300 in Russia? <laughs> oh, <And> the <laughs> cable that I bought was like a hundred and something bucks and then like they just way overcharged me Whoa. for this little thing. And you just don't know because it's like hundreds or thousands of whatever right so oh see i'd be on my phone like mm-mm, mm-mm. yeah <laughs> got I thought, you i thought i was yeah <laughs> yeah yo I siri mean, they lying <laughs> yeah. the good thing is though that guitar cable is badass i like keep it with me now because i paid so much so much for it yeah, yeah i played some spot and like one of the sound guys accidentally took it and i like hunted him down and i was like where's my cable i paid so much money for that cable i'm taking that with me yeah, sometimes you chalk things up to a loss, but yeah, definitely sometimes you're like, uh, uh, hey, I'm going to need that one back. Yeah, I haven't got my 120 bucks out of it yet. That's right. I have a mic stand that's like that. Mm-hmm. I bought this very special mic stand for this one specific per- I spent mm-hmm. a fortune on it. Bought yeah. one of those really weighted ones, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those heavy-duty ones, and mm-hmm. that thing never... If we're at a venue and I yeah. brought it to you, I'm, I'm, it's got an air tag in it. Like it's it's coming back, and yeah. I make sure I'm like, yo, is the stand? You know, it's one of those things. It's a call out. Is the mic stand in there? Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel that. Yeah, because the mic stand's like twenty bucks, or it used to be twenty bucks. I don't know what they are anymore, but this thing was like seventy dollars. Damn. And dude. I was like, Mm-mm, that's got to stay. That's, that's why you just gotta like weld one of the chain ones together. Dude, I've always wanted to do that. It's kind of cheesy, hard. but it's awesome. Yeah. And you can make it do whatever you want. Stan from yeah. Terminal Nation has like these ma- like these mace balls that come off the end of his mic really? stand now, yeah. Damn, it's fucking dude. Crazy. That's hard. I'm going to need that. <laughs> <laughs> Set up Stan. Yo, Stan, yeah. are you going to use that mic stand tonight? Yeah. <laughs> I've thought about it, man. The only thing I can think, and even really that's not even custom. I mean, mic stands, you don't ever see the, like Jonathan Davis's is the most iconic, yeah. right? Because it's the alien creature. Yeah. The guy from Aliens, I do believe, is the man that, crafted it or came up with the okay. design yeah <clears throat> but like what else can you do you see the chain ones that's dope it's but cool like, what else is there uh, i just saw zz top for the first time a few weeks back mm-hmm. and they had the leds oh the yeah, whole stick was an that. led and i'm like cool yeah. that's cool you know changes colors to the set and stuff yeah but the only odd thing i ever saw i ever witnessed was a concert and it was this old r&b guy and he comes out, and his microphone stand is a 
it's basically a trophy. Like I went and looked at it later. It's basically yeah. a trophy someone converted into a mic. It had a gooseneck mic, and he would hold it. Yeah, and it was battery operated. It had an on-off switch drilled what? into it, <laughs> and it was just covered in LED lights with like glitter oh. around it. And he would sing into that thing. Hey, it was weird. I, I guess that work. <laughs> I know, this like is my CJ trophy from when I was three. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I know CJ from Thy Art. He his mic stand has like a skeleton on it. Like the mic stand comes up like through a rib cage, and there's what? like a like it looks yeah. like a real dead. Okay, human. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen a few guys like. Do like some there's not much you can do. And, and now he's like, actually, you haven't. <laughs> you're not paying attention, young man. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dope ass instruments, that Gibson of yours, which one? The pink one. Oh, that yeah, that's a. It's actually an ESP one. What? For LTD. That's yeah. LTD? Yeah. Why does it look so amazing? Because it's modeled after a Gibson. Okay. Yeah, it's like a Gibson Firebird. Did you do basically. all that to it? I had it. So I bought that guitar from uh, Jeff, like our old guitar player, years before I joined Norma Jean. Mm -hmm. And I played it for like on my first tour I did. I used that guitar a lot. And then I found this dude on Instagram. His name was like KLR Made. And he just did refinishes. And so I just hit him up, and he hadn't d posted anything in years. And I was like, are you still doing this? And he's like, if it's cool, I'll do it. And so I sent him my guitar, and I was like, I want to paint it pink. And he was like, yes. So And, and finish it out like that and do all the... Yeah, he did all the relicking and relicking. stuff to it. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's like not a very high-end model guitar. It's like a really mid-level one. Sure, but those are my favorite. I mean, dude, I beat the shit out mm -hmm. of it. And I've played it for so long. It's my favorite guitar I have. And it's so pretty. It's sick. I, I love it's, that guitar. It's definitely iconic at this point. Yeah. yeah. When we did yeah. the when we did the house show run and you let me play on it a little bit, I was yeah. like, oh my god, dude, this thing is so awesome for no reason other than it's just so beautiful. Yeah, it's it's dope because like you can just throw it and you can't tell if it got dinged right. or not. Yeah. You know, and like the next I'll sand it down so it <coughs> feels good because I've got that one and then I've got like they sent me a new one in 2019 that's like a white one that's like nice I was and pretty the looking white one, yeah. and I love that guitar it sounds awesome and it plays great but it just like I feel like I have to be too careful with, mm. the, with the pink one it's just like I'll drag it and like when we played in Austin the other night like I ended up in the crowd during the last song and like I was trying to get out of it so I just took my guitar off and like threw it <laughs> to the stage and, and I played to the next night it was yeah. fine you know that's the best when you don't have to truly care yeah yeah I used to purposefully do that with guitars. So my first band I was ever in, I started on guitar. And uh -huh. I never wanted, because it was like, you know, you're coming up at the same time. You're seeing all this. is the early days of, like, the Chariot or Norma Jean when they were ludicrous. Yeah. Like, I'm that old. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. watching Under Oath when they're death metal, that kind of stuff. So you you're yeah. just watching people destroy everything they own. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't want to be that attached to the thing you're holding because you know totally. you're going to do the same thing mm -hmm. emulation-wise. Yeah. And so I would... When I'd buy a new guitar and I would just like I would just drop it on purpose. Yeah. Just to put a dent in it so I didn't have to care anymore. Dude, I've heard multiple people do that. Just there was some like music shop. You know, good, done. Yeah, there's like an old head music shop that I was talking to the guy at one time and he was like, Yeah, I sold this dude this like crazy Martin. Like <laughs> like really expensive Martin. He's like as soon as the payment went through and it was his, the first thing he did was turned it over, took his keychain off, and just drug his key there across the back. And he's like, all right, first one's over with. It's done. Yeah. <sighs> I will never do that, but I get it. <laughs> Respect. Get it. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, I did that. The Do you remember the Blackjacks, the first version, back when Schechter was still, like, cranking out pretty decent guitars? What what was, like, the shape? It was, like, just that standard. Oh, like, kind of like a Super Strat type yeah, thing? And yeah, and then, like, it had that just that pale, white, opaque outline around the whole thing. It was, like, yeah. a $900 guitar. Mm-hmm. But walked out in the parking lot, and my buddy was like, you going to take care of that one? And I just got up the nerve, and I just went, nope, and threw it. Oh, dude. <laughs> Literally across the parking lot in the Guitar Center parking lot. It just <laughs> clung, 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 clung. Damn, and it just dude. made me feel so good, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> got rid of all the stress of like, don't break it. Yeah, that is like a new level of freedom. That's I still <laughs> just I, hard to. I attend. still play that guitar to this day. Yeah, I, yeah. I know the one you're talking about now. Yeah, I've never seen a video of Ingve uh, Malmsteen like going into some really like high end vintage shop back in somewhere in Europe, I think, and he like bought a. 60 strat or something it was like ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars because he was showing the price tag of it he like he like goes in he buys it at the counter they give it to him he walks outside and his car door is open and he just goes and just throws oh. it in the car <laughs> oh my god that's a different level yeah i, I, I was dinging up 900 dollars guitars yeah. this man just dinged up an actual oh my god yeah that dude's crazy <clears throat> i did accidentally play a fifty thousand dollar guitar once Accidentally. Accidentally, yeah. In Nashville. Oh, okay. Were you at Carter's? Like, huh? Were no. Like, it was a guitar center. Oh, really? It was one of them ones where you're not supposed to go. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I just, I don't pay attention, man. I'm kind yeah. of wandering. So I'm just like, ah, I'm a very adventurous, like I said, adventurous when it comes to like being in new spots. And I'd never been, yeah. so. And I just picked this thing, and everyone's looking at me, and I'm like, dude, what the freaking crap, man? I just want to yeah. play the guitar. Like, I felt like I was being like, profiled you know yeah it's like y'all suck anyway and i put the thing down i took a photo of it uh-huh. i went on my way and i saw the five and i was like wow like five grand that's wild man mm-hmm. what a price yeah i believe i played that dude like later that night i'm in the hotel room uh-huh. flicking through the photos and i was looking at it and i was like oh, oh there's another my zero god yeah. <laughs> damn dude oopsie uh, yeah those are those sometimes i i've been in those guitar centers like that where it's like they have the the platinum room, plat yeah, platinum yeah. room or something, something like, like that. that. But it's usually all in cases and shit. And it's like, man, is this, this is just a museum at this point? This was like, yeah, it was kind of like that. It was like a special section, but it wasn't. You would think if it was that much money, they would have it curtained off. But it was on its own thing. Like I definitely was not where I was supposed to be, and clearly went through something I wasn't supposed to. Yeah, it's on me. Yeah, uh, I take full responsibility for it. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's sick though that you got away with it because I've been in shops before where I've picked up like production model stuff and the some dudes running over here like yeah yo don't touch that or we were at some shop in somewhere in germany i think and like we had nothing better to do so we found this guitar shop we went to it and there's nothing like crazy there it was all just like stuff that you could order online or whatever right we'd pick stuff up and the second we were like acting like we were done with it some dude would run out and he'd like take it out of our hands he'd start wiping it down and shit and he'd be like don't pick up anything without asking me first and it's like dude i think i'm okay wow you know like i'm, I'm from arkansas yeah for the purpose of playing this thing like yeah. i think i'm okay here <laughs> i made it all the way here playing one of these yeah I'll treat it good yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna like st- i'm not gonna stick it in my pants and like walk out of here with it i'm not just gonna like drop it so music stores are weird though Especially the small ones. Yeah, because so, yeah, it's either really cool stuff or it's like just useless. And yeah. they only all their money comes from selling guitar strings. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I found one of those in Hot Springs. There's one of those places. It's just like mm. the most random stuff. And you're like, 
take a pair of 1156s, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I just, like, like, how do y'all stay in business? Like, I'm glad they do because, like, music stores are hard to find and It's one of those things where they're, like, they've been there so long they probably just own it. Oh, true. You know what I'm saying? Because they bought in when the building was only, like, 20 grand. Now mm-hmm. it's worth, like, $10 million. Yeah. That's true. <clears throat> That's true. Because it's always some old dude. It's yeah. never some young kid. It's like an no. old hardware store. You walk in, it smells a little mildewy. You're like, oh, yeah. you're dying with this building. I see. Yeah, yeah. You live here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> smells of ramen and, and mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> there is a new shop in um, Fort Smith, um, Bo Cousins. Do you know him by chance? He play, he's played in like some local bands like from the Fayetteville area, but he has a shop now called Cousins Music. It's primarily repairs. Okay. But he's, like, building up inventory, like, slowly. Because they've only been open, like, maybe around a year, I think. But uh, I take all my stuff to him before, like, I leave for tour and stuff. He, like, put a new nut on my Phoenix before we left because I cracked it. and um, Get it all set back up. Get it set back up. And, like, he's just got a cool spot in downtown Fort Smith. It's, like, this old building um, but he's starting to like get good inventory in there. So I like, got some SGs. He's like had some explorers on the wall. I like it. So it's cool. Like, cause I, I can't even imagine how hard it would be to stock a music store out the gate. Cause it'd be so expensive. So much money. So, cause I remember seeing when he first opened up, you know, he would get like basically beginner guitars, like Squire Strats right. and things like that. But he's like basically traded his way up and now That's he has cool. some like decent stuff there. He's got some cool amps and things like that. So Hopefully cool. he sticks around because like I need a dude close to <laughs> where we, have, we live. We have renown here. Sounds but much like that. Renown. Okay. They do like the same thing. Most of their business comes from lessons and setups. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they do. Uh, what's that? Where you like sit a guitar in a store and they sell it for you? What's the word? Oh, consignment. consignment. Yeah. yeah, they do a ton of consignment sales. That's cool. But their pedals though, their pedal selection is off the charts. Yeah, yeah. They have some yeah. really. It's one of those nerd heaven pedal stores where like yeah. you go in and it's just like hand painted and okay like, four thousand little knobs and switches and you're yeah. Like, yeah that's what i would need because like i'd never find anything cool at guitar centers or anything no, it's I, just like a bunch of tuners and like <coughs> here's a four thousandth rat clone you don't need yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you want to wrap it up how long we've we been going uh, we're an hour nice. that's awesome what do you think, buddy? I'm down to keep rolling. You whatever keep you're rolling? feeling, dude. I don't care. I, dude, I'll talk forever. That's why I'm, <laughs> I don't know what kind of constraints you guys are on because I know you've been on the road and stuff, yeah. so I don't want to overstay my welcome. I mean, we've got kind of no constraints today, Okay, honestly. 30 minutes? 30 minutes? Yeah. Okay. I know y'all got stuff to do, man. That's why I'm just trying to be, like, hospitable. Dude, my stuff to do today is getting drunk at Buffalo Wild Wings. Hey, That's, like, all <laughs> that I've got left. <laughs> Jimmy's like, that's why we only got 30 more minutes reservations. Hey, we, went, we went to Chili's before this. Oh, yeah. No, dude, what? <laughs> laundry and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah that stuff yeah, I heard good. Chili's is y'all's joint. Dude. Well, yeah, you Hell yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah. Like That's my spot, dude. Yeah, we pre-gamed. I was like, man, I'm oh, starving. Did you show him the Chili's tattoo? He did. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm about it, dude. <clears throat> right? Yeah, I'm the Chili's, Chili's missionary, dude. I've like slowly integrated all the people around me to love Chili's. Not as much I as mean, I do, but... You, as far as like fast food restaurant goes like those chicken crispers i mean Crazy. what the hell that's I what know. we had and i was yeah. like these are amazing you can't deny it no dude and they used to have uh like chicken and waffles and it was yes. like the chicken crispers chicken and you could with, get it with the like chipotle whatever sauce and it was yes. just nuts dude. yeah so no. nuts i uh 
dude, chicken and waffles. Uh, have you had Gus's? I think so. So y'all were where y'all were gonna play. So when you come back, uh-huh. it's literally right next door. Okay. okay. Gus's. Uh, that's originally from Memphis. It's not as good as the Memphis location, yeah. but it's still really fire chicken. I've waffles. had that. Yeah, I think I had it in January for the first time because our driver got it one day and he shared some of it with me. It wasn't in Memphis. It may have been in Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so legit. Mm-hmm. Love it. What's uh, so like? You get a Norma Jean. That's got to be insane. You know, you're, I'm sure y'all were pals beforehand, all those kind of things. Yeah. The story probably goes. You've probably said it a million times. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, being bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, what was, like, I'm always curious to this because I've been doing this a long time, and I can mm-hmm. definitely tell you moments I went, ah, fuck. Yeah. It is like that. What yeah. was one of your moments, like, one of your favorite moments where, like, as you grow older, you're just like, I mean, that's just what it is, but when it yeah. just really kind of went, man, really? In, like, a like where it lost some of the, like, glimmer? The, the glimmer where it, like, like, I don't know why I'm fixated on things like that, yeah. but I can tell you verbatim, like, where I was, who yeah. was doing it, like, who was talking. Yeah. You know, because it takes away some of that 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 heart. It takes away some of the heart, but also it, like, it feeds into, like, your perception of being able to obtain things. Right. Because for me, like, I don't know if I have – I'll keep thinking, but I don't know if I have a specific moment, moment. But, like, that stuff – broke off pretty early like even on the first tour that we did that i did with or that both of us did with nj mm-hmm. um we were on like a bandwagon and stuff so it was pretty cushy but even outside of that like you quickly realize that there's like a significant difference between expectation and reality right and none of it's like because somebody's not doing the right thing or because like you know a band's not as big as you think they are but it's just because you realize everybody's just dudes right. just humans that are trying to like corral other humans and like be somewhat like business professionals while also like headbanging every night right and like living on the road and being homeless so it's like for me once i kind of lost a lot of the like the bright-eyed stuff that you were talking about i was like okay if that's the case then pretty much any thing like from here and on up is like very capable and right. it's very obtainable because it's not as crazy as I thought it was anyways. It's just like a, a difference of work ethics and longevity and outlasting. Right. I think that's really like the key to any of this is outlasting. Just the ability to keep pushing forward. Yeah. Yeah. Like in just setting yourself up to like be able to take those chances and say yes when opportunities present themselves. Like me and Jimmy have pretty much arranged our lives in ways to where like this is it. Like right. this is only a, the only option really. And like, that's been a detriment in some areas of our lives, but it's also like given us experiences that we would never have gotten in any other way. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, so the like, life, the stories you're going to be able to tell 20, 30 thing, years dude. away. Like I was hanging, well, I, the first time I heard this was from um, our buddy legs. He played drums for us for like the first tour and a half that we did with NJ. Is this and, legs, legs, legger? Yeah. Canadian? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Ryan. Yeah. And um, so, you know, he was talking about, like, he had had somebody kind of, like, mouth something off to him at one point, like, early on in his career about, like, not making a lot of money or whatever. But then a doctor friend of his, I think I'm telling the story right, or I might be butchering it, but... Your legs come on the podcast, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, get out of Canada, dude. Dude, quit but, fishing for trout and bring your ass. Yeah. But he was basically, like, I think maybe it was, like, a doctor or, or somebody that's a friend of his was, like, you 
have gotten to travel and do all these things that the people that are criticizing what you do could never afford in a million years, right. no matter how much they make at their jobs doing right. whatever. And it's so, like, I've kind of tried to hold on to that and be like, yeah, like I obviously can't like go fix everything in my house that needs to be fixed. Right. And I can't like buy a car that like I want and like I have to be very like precise and picky about stuff. Like I don't buy shoes unless I like absolutely need to, but <laughs> at least on my end of things, like it's been worth it because like I've got to go and see and do a lot of right. things. Well, and, you like, just invest in your time or you invest in your money, which takes up all your time yeah and it's like i think the older i'm getting and like trying to figure out really how to turn this into a career and also like being a husband it's like right. trying to find a healthy middle ground mm -hmm. because like she's not out here with me right experiencing all those things so i still got to make it worth it for her true and like help her achieve the things that she's wanting to being supportive and things like yeah, that and nurturing like, to all she's those things like kicking ass about like holding it down when i'm gone right so like it's, it's finding that middle ground between, like, yo, I'm going to go live in a van and, like, it doesn't matter, nothing matters, you know, but also, like, being a responsible adult and right. partner, and it's hard, and, like, I'm really having to try and figure that out now. Right. And, like, not doing it perfect yet, but I'm, like, working on it. Well, you'll get there. So long as you're aware, I think that's really, it's just time after that. It is, yeah, it's definitely a process. time thing. And conversations. I mean, being married for as long as I have been, that's one thing that'll fix most things. Yeah. Talking is surprisingly efficient. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you don't know what I'm thinking. That's right. Until I tell you what I'm thinking. And sometimes you hold in those thoughts and they come out as angry thoughts. <laughs> they sure do. Yeah. They sure do. But, like, in, with that same sentiment of, like... But then you run a great Norma Jean record because of it, you know? That's true. Yeah, it comes out somewhere. Somewhere. But there's been, like, other band dudes that I've talked to that have kind of felt the same way, you know, where they, like, question shit and, like, is this oh, worth it and whatnot? Isn't that like, every musician I, I can't imagine that the, i feel like it's and, weird if you don't at this point, unless you know? you're yeah. unless you're in the room i mean i bet even like dave freaking grohl yeah well you yeah because he, he's no sitting there the like money but even if, with all the money he's got to go why am i making my 10th record like regardless of like what happened to taylor r.i.p mm -hmm. but like even pre that there has to be a moment in his head where he's like dude i got it all yeah. i did all the things i made a record with paul mccartney for fuck's yeah. sake like i don't have to keep doing this yeah i could just do ted talks for the rest of my life <laughs> Totally. And, and I mean, he, with him, he's got the money, but like, he's also got the schedule that's busier than probably any other person that does this. That, so he's missing the birthdays right. and the oh, anniversaries you, and things like that. Imagine the things he's missed. And but, so that's what he's giving up. You right. Know, there's sacrifice at like any level. And like, I've missed, I feel like I've missed the past two or three like anniversaries I've had. I've missed like a bunch of Valentine's Day, missing birthdays and oh, shit. Yeah. And like, friends, weddings. Yeah, like, like all that stuff. And it's like things, it's just a sacrifice that you have to give up. And like also, there's a side to it to where like you have to, it's kind of two parts. You have to like choose to be selfish at times because like you know, you're really the only person that can know how hard you've worked to like get to where you are, no matter how far mm. that is right but also you're the only person that knows like how far you're willing to go to continue to like strive towards that goal right and so you have to have like lines drawn about like where you will choose like choose yourself you know right. and it's not because you don't care about this person or that person it's just because like if you don't then like some of this was all for nothing True. or maybe all of it was all for nothing and you've really got to find that line to ride to where it's like i'm not budging here because mm. if i do then like this will be a, a temporary appeasement to a temporary problem. Right. Rather than like get in. If you do that route, then like you're giving up 
opportunities opportunities and, and like you're kind of like not withholding all the stuff you did prior with the level of like relevance that you should right like proud of yourself you know like look i did all this to get to here and it's like that and it's also, working too it's working for you two guys like it's incredible and there's and, people that depend on you like once you get to a certain point too you oh, know yeah, like the jobs that your job creates very much so so like even if like i don't want to do this or that or like Maybe it's not even that I don't want to do it, but maybe it's, like, obviously, like, there's reasons why, like, I wish I didn't have to do it right now or right. whatever, but you can't act upon that because you've got six other dudes that are depending upon you being there. Right. And so, like, there's just a lot of sides to it. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's lots of sides to it. And, like, especially right now with trying to, like, juggle, you know, two, two bands, bands going on, like, it's is like a lot and you know you know, I, I, to I can't it even out. imagine dude because you know? i'm in three but i just sit at home yeah i get to go home every night i'm not out there touring around the world doing that kind of stuff so i can only imagine how much i mean i guess luckily we live now mm -hmm. you know we have facetime we have we i can talk to anyone anytime anywhere in the whole world yeah so it's not as probably as bad as it once was you yeah know? imagine the sure. guys were like i'll be gone for three months i'll see you in three months yeah I'll send a postcard, you yeah. know? That's what I, it, you know, used to be. Like, obviously, before my time doing this, but, right. like, talking to Corey and some of the dudes that have been doing it longer, it's like, yeah, you'd maybe have cell phone service sometimes or whatever. Pay phones and, at a gas station. Yeah. Yeah. For for me, it's in all of us now, it's obviously not that right. rough. Yeah. But it is rough. It's almost easier when, like, when I was in Europe, I was, like, eight hours ahead from home. And it oh, right. that almost makes it easier because then, like, our schedules are somewhat flip-flops. So, like, when my wife's getting off work, like, I am, like, being done for the day right. also. But, like, our work job started, like, completely different Com times. Right. So, like, it kind of helps things line up. Or then, like, when we were in Australia, we were 15 hours ahead. That's wild. So then that one was pretty rough because I'm it's like... you from the future. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so when I flew home from that, I landed back in the States an hour after I left Australia. What the fuck? <laughs> that, see, that makes no sense to me. I know, it's wild. <laughs> That's so weird. Time, time, things in the earth. It is doesn't like, exist. How does, <laughs> yeah. how does time, time is a lie. Yeah. But, it's like, oh, it was yesterday, today, an hour ago. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like all that shit, like, it's all a bunch of balancing things. Right. You know, and like balancing relationships, balancing <coughs> like when you're new to it too, right? Like yeah. relatively speaking. Yeah, no, for like in the grand scheme, like yeah. Right. For sure. Like I mean, even we were talking about earlier that show at that church is like twelve, thirteen years ago, but mm -hmm. I've never thought in a million years, if you fast forward thirteen years later, this is what we're doing. Yeah. You know? It's weird. But also, how fucking cool is that? It's super cool. You know? It's really cool because like it's one of those things where in hindsight it all makes sense. Right. It's but, the look back. But when I was back there, this was like trying to fucking thread, you know, the, or find the needle in the haystack. Yes. Type thing. Right. And it's... Oh, trust me, I looked for that needle for 22 years, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it. And it's a finite thing. And you have, if you don't make the right commitments with the right people, and it's just like so many things, so many variables, and then sometimes it just works. Yeah. And the thing is, like, once it does start to work, it's kind of like a snowball process. Mm -hmm. And so you, like, that's really when you have to, like, make that internal decision. Right. That's going to affect, like, <clears throat> the future of, like, how much you can do it and, like, how often you can do it. And it's cool, though, because that picture you posted from the Harvester NJ show the other day, that's 
how that was 2016, right? 20. I think that was 2016. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, that was kind of like the day that sort of like started the whole process of like us getting here now because like we opened that show and then like Corey watched us play and he dug it and that led into like him doing the guest spot on the Harvester record and that led into him asking me to I still have the Harvester poster up at the practice space. Yeah. Like it's still magneted to the wall Hell like yeah, dude. still to this day i've made sure when i moved i was like you're coming with me nice put it up packed it up took it to the new spot there it sits nice dude. yeah yeah i'm super like it's cool looking back on that because that band was super sick me and jimmy obviously cared a lot about it and like it's cool to know that like it accomplished something it's, you know like it was like it was a catalyst to something for it was sure. also a bunch of kids having a blast yeah. you know and those are really you don't know it till you're 38 yeah. sitting in a desk on a stage you used to play on yeah looking back at everything but it's like those that it's like it, the flyer wasn't special when i got it jimmy mm -hmm. gave it to me yeah it's just on a piece of thick paper yeah it's not even really a poster it's just a nice picture yeah but like <laughs> but like but i kept it for so long because mm -hmm. as soon as we got back home i just you know put it on yeah. the thing and it just stayed in our jam room and then eventually mm -hmm. it had this meaning it's like looking totally. back it's like dude this was just us goofing around yeah. hoping for just oh please man come on dude i feel you on that and i've tried to be like obviously like you don't know what is going to turn into what but no. i've tried to be better about like thinking about that kind of shit making like, the right choice making the right choice but also yeah. like just holding on to stuff that might mean a lot to me later like yeah, I'm, I was, I'm glad i did it early on because i've got like a bunch of cape fear flyers now i've still got harvester ones like from when i was in you know like my junior year of high school playing shows cool. and like, yeah and it's like I, they're I in a box in my that. my garage and shit but it's it's still cool to like have that stuff and have almost like my own little like scrapbook of like yep. chronological order yeah i wish i had done more of that i have a few things mm -hmm. but as far as like a nice collection to look at it's probably like i could probably fill up like one book yeah and that's kind of it and it yeah. would express the last 25 years i've been playing music yeah and it's like I kind of wish I would have started. Now I save everything. Like yeah. we went to the studio, I, I took my drumsticks. Mm -hmm. Like I had the engineer sign them. Like we all sign them. It's like a thing. Yeah. Put them up in my house so like yeah. they're there forever. Mm -hmm. Now I'm really good about it. But man, back then I was just like, whatever, light it on fire. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah. Put put some in there and smoke it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool. Like I've got set list from like when I used to go and see Norma Jean like years mm -hmm. and years and years ago. So I've got. I had those like in that same box and stuff and that was, it was just cool seeing that picture you posted the other day because I remember that night so vividly and then like like I was saying like that night kicked off like a string of events that led to this but like specifically making the Harvester record with Corey on it I remember that that period of time felt so like it felt like just the biggest hinge in the world. It's like everything after everything from here on out depends on this right now. Right. And I'm like the night that me and J Jimmy went to um, Corey's brother's house, like have him record his guest spot for us. I remember us getting in the car afterwards and we we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we, we played it like so cool. And then we get in the car and we're like, what <laughs> is happening? It out. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it just looking back, it's like, I, I remember feeling like every step I took, like physically every step I took was like, this life-changing decision and you know it's not healthy to 
live like that because <laughs> that was so stressful and I still do that way too much. But like, I think it, we all do to an extent. Yeah, yeah, especially like when you're doing something like in the arts realm. Oh, dude. because like yeah. it, everything is so left up to chance and it's all based around like right place, right time, and all that shit. It, so like, this has been that for me now. Like, this is kind of like my next venture, and it's yeah. just like. Kurt will tell me like this person they said yes and I'll, I'll just start vibrating internally I'm like yeah, you dude. gotta be fucking kidding me yeah <laughs> he doesn't realize awesome. how easy it is to just ask yeah no yeah. I'm not I'm not an asker like I'm very like when it comes to things like that I'm just like they'll I'm a very much like if you believe in it enough mm-hmm. and you do it enough it, it'll find its way yeah and Kurt's very much like yeah but we could just do that now yeah and I'm cause I'll, I'm I like, like I have like a 20 year plan Kurt's like well what about next week yeah. would you be okay with next week and I'm like I don't know if I'm ready for that but yeah. we'll try it's one of those weird things and I remember um, like that lesson right there learning that when I f- the first tours I ever did w- was with a band called Brother Moses like they're from Arkansas originally yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I played drums for them and that was the first tour I ever did. We did like the whole U.S. in a summer. It was like super DIY. But the whole way it even came about was their singer, James. He's like one of my best friends. And they had been doing their thing. And it was like completely outside of any kind of musical thing I'd done before. Because it was like indie rock stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I'm over here just like ripping off Maylene and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, so he like comes into town from college I think this was like my senior year of high school or maybe my freshman year of college. And he went to Fayetteville and I was still in Fort Smith and he came, we got coffee and stuff. And like, he has this weird way of showing up in my life whenever I'm like on the verge of like, what the fuck am I doing? Uh You know, like I've got to like make a decision about what's, which way I'm going. And, uh, I was just expressing to him, you know, like I'm trying to like get more experience. I'm trying to like get out there and like really start the process of doing this. Right. And they had, like, just started playing outside of regional stuff. You know, they hadn't done, like, a full, full tour or anything like that, but they had they were doing more than I was at the time. And I was just like, man, it'd be cool, like, if you ever needed me, I would <laughs> do it, you know? And he was like, man, all you got, sometimes all you got to do is ask. Yeah. It's like, because the worst that can be said is no. And then even if it is a no, it's not like... No, because you suck. It's like just no, because like that's not what that's not what is needed right now, or like no, that just isn't like logistically right. But right, me setting that whole thing up and throwing that out there really kind of kicked off everything in a way because that was my first that that gave me the ability to like have touring experience and have like grindy DIY touring experience to pretty much set me up to be able to handle doing more grindy DIY right. tour experience, but on like a little bit bigger scale. What, what a great lesson to learn at a young age. I didn't have Dude. that. I, I mean, like I never, after that, I was never like, yo, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do that? But it did like set something in me that right. I was like, go get it. Or, yeah. you know, at least do your part in if going. If you feel and you believe it enough, just reach out. Yeah. Cause I mean, really at the end of the day, it could just be a no. And no sounds so harsh, but like you said, man, it could just be like, well, this just not in the cards right now. Yeah. Holler at me in six months, eight yeah. months, a year, whatever. Because if you're asking the right person, then like hopefully that person also respects you enough to not like just say no for like a reason that's not warranted. <laughs> or or in know? a in a hurtful way, like, uh, no, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you? totally. Nah. Yeah. So there's like lots of times where I've just had to be like, okay, like, I'm just going to like go for this thing. Right. Like whether it's been with like endorsement deals or 
just like making connections with dudes that I hadn't like met in person yet, things right. like that, where I, you just like, you take that initial step and usually it works out, you know, That's like, so wild. I'm like a, I'm like a no name kid from Arkansas, but like my buddy, Tony, that works at ESP guitars, like he treats me so well. He takes care of me so well because like, I just reached out to him. Right. And like, we started that conversation and like, and, and a no name kid from Arkansas who's not afraid to ask is now living a billion people's dreams, you know? Yeah. Literally, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's so hard to get to where you are, but it's not by just because of who you are. It's literally just right place, right time, lack of fear to do the thing necessary, like all those things. And when you're talking about all these steps you have to take and the yeah. sacrifices you have to make, mm-hmm. most of those billion people ain't willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a, at a point it's like complete abandonment, <laughs> you know, of like, all right, I'm going to just like do this until like I physically have to change my trajectory. Right. You know, I feel luckily that. I, I haven't hit that wall. <laughs> right. So I'm going to keep rolling this way. <laughs> Dude. Hell yeah. yeah. That's a good place to stop it. Let's stop it there. Cool. Dude. It's Dude. been so fun. Man. Was I'm so fun. happy to see you guys. Yeah, man. And you know, Furnace Fest bound. It's going to be sick. I'm excited for that, dude. Should be. That's a classic, classic fest. Just And yeah. the lineup is just bonkers. I don't know how we got our slot either. Like, we you got a Gene. good slot. Yeah. I get that, but like, also. <laughs> I mean, the first part of the name's The Almighty. Like, True. You know? <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean, Alexis on Fire is like one of my favorite fucking bands of all time. And we're playing like one band before them right. on the same stage. So, That's... like, I'm going to punish Dallas. <laughs> I've accepted it. It's just already out there. Like I'm going to punish him hard. Just backstage, like talking to his ear off. He's like, "Hey, bro, I gotta go." I was like, play. "I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Y'all gonna clip that?" Yeah. Like, yeah. Post that. He posts it so it's not weird when he actually does it. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be like, "Man, you should know. Like this sucks." I'm like, "Yeah, I know it sucks." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you need? To, do you want to plug anything, or are you just living easy? Uh, I got a book coming out. How how far along are we? Oh yeah, no. yeah. Uh, I'll just go and plug the record. So we put out "Death Rattles Sing for Me" uh, last month, and uh, yeah, that record means a whole hell of a lot to me. It means a lot to all of us. It it's a uh, culmination of a lot of work, a lot of uh, spirit, a lot of mustering yourself mm. and your friends together to create something in the face of what seems like absolute fucking turmoil and um defeat and then saying fuck that so yeah yeah, check that out check it out and everybody thank you for listening awesome